Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, the Texas History Podcast. This is your host, Ken Wise, and I appreciate you tuning in today to listen to a little Texas history. I want to start this episode by thanking everyone who provided such great feedback on the last episode about the failed French colony, Champ de Seal. I got a ton of feedback and, frankly, a ton of downloads on that episode. I hope you're sharing the show with your friends. And uh, I had some really great uh, reviews of that show, but also some interesting input from various folks that know a lot about that time period in Texas history. One in particular I want to thank is James Burnson of Austin, Texas, for giving me some great material related to the episode. He also shared with me his master's thesis on the Gutierrez-McGee expedition and the filibusters of Texas during the time of Champ de Seal and the, the way that the Frenchmen fit into that whole picture. And so I think I've got some good ideas from Mr. Burnson on maybe some additional things to talk about, and uh, maybe we can get him on the show. So I want to thank him for sharing that with me. Well, today we're going to talk about beer, sort of. We're going to head over to San Antonio, and we're going to discuss a pretty interesting tale of intrigue, love, and murder. So grab yourself a cold beer, and for this episode, it needs to be a pearl. And we're going to go back to 1914 and get wise about Texas. First, let's talk about a little background. In episode 25, when we talked about Jacob Broadback, we mentioned the German immigration into Texas in the mid-1800s. And as you know, where Germans are, there also will be beer. Well, in 1881, the J.B. Belarodsky Brewery opened in San Antonio, and it was eventually sold to a company that called itself the San Antonio Brewing Association, which I think is a great company name. The San Antonio Brewing Association was headed by a gentleman named Otto Kaler. Otto Kaler had been the manager at the Lone Star Brewery, and he came over to brew for the San Antonio Brewing Association. They got the beer recipe from the Kaiserbeck Brewery in Bremen, Germany. And the brewmaster for the San Antonio Brewery Association thought that the bubbles in the beer looked like little pearls. So that's what they called their beer, pearl beer. Kaler modernized the brewery. And uh, of its time, it was probably one of the most modern brewing operations in the country. And by 1916... The Pearl Brewery was the largest brewery in Texas, but we're getting a little bit ahead of our story here. Otto Kaler became, as the head of Pearl, a leading citizen in San Antonio. He became wealthy. He was thought to be one of the wealthier men in the nation. He built a huge mansion uh, not too far from the brewery, and he married a lady from St. Louis uh, whom he had met when he was in St. Louis named Emma Benson. And she is the first of our three Emmas. This episode was titled The Three Emmas, so we're going to call Emma Kaler Emma Number One. Well, unfortunately, in 1910, Emma Number One was in a major car accident, and she suffered very serious injuries. And by all accounts, she had, quote, taken to her bed, close quote. Now, that could have meant many things back in the early 1900s. The word invalid was used. uh, The word very sick was used, but... Uh, And even I found an account that talked about her being bedridden. But in any event, the injuries were very serious. Well, Otto Kaler needed a nurse for his wife, so he hired a lady named Emma Dumke. Now, she is the second of the three Emmas, so we're going to call her Emma number two. 
Well, Emma, too, happened to be a cute 20-something brunette, and she and Otto began an illicit affair. Now, we are not entirely sure what condition Emma One was actually in, because apparently the three of them made at least one trip to Europe. That would be Otto, Emma One, and Nurse Emma Two. I found another report that said that the Kalers traveled to Europe once each year. So uh, apparently Mrs. Kaler, Emma One, could travel to some degree. Nurse Emma Two had a friend who had come from Germany to New York in 1912, and her name was also Emma. She is the third of our three Emmas. Her name was Emma Bergemeister, and we're going to call her Emma number three. She also went by the nickname Hedda. She had come from New York. She began her citizenship process in New York. She completed it in San Antonio. She also was a trained nurse. She came to San Antonio and began working as a nurse for Dr. Ferdinand Herf. Now, longtime listeners of this show will recognize Dr. Herf. He was an investor in Jacob Broadbeck's airplane project in 1865. And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to episode 25 of Wise About Texas. It was titled Texas Takes Flight. It's a fun story. And Dr. Herf plays a major role. So Nurse Bergemeister, Emma Three, is working for Dr. Herf. He was a very prominent physician in San Antonio, and certainly he and Otto Kaler, being two prominent citizens in town, would have known each other. Well, Emma Three and Emma Two are friends in San Antonio, and Emma Three visits her friend Emma Two in the Kaler home at least a couple of times, and Otto Kaler noticed. Otto proceeds to buy a house. The house is at 532 Hunstock Avenue in San Antonio, and he bought the house for his mistress, Emma Two, and her friend, Emma Three, to live in, and Otto actually suggested that they moved in together. Well, during Emma Two and Emma Three's living together in this house, it comes to light uh, in their conversation. Emma Two confesses that she and Otto Kaler are having an affair, which, of course, would have been a little hard to hide since uh, Otto had not only bought him a house but visited the house fairly frequently. Well, Mr. Kaler apparently was paying the living expenses for both Emma Two and Emma Three. Well, at some point, Emma Two, Miss Dumkey, fell in love, but it was not with her paramour, Mr. Kaler. Emma Two had met a man named Doshal, also from St. Louis, Emma Two marries Mr. Doshal in St. Louis. Uh, Emma Three, by the way, was the maid of honor in that wedding. And she becomes Emma Doshal in 1913. We're still going to call her Emma Two. She moves to St. Louis with her new husband, leaving Emma Three all alone in the house that Otto Kaler bought, and it left Otto looking for a new mistress. Well, it didn't take Otto very long. He immediately professes his love to Emma Three, Miss Bergemeister. He told Miss Bergemeister that he would transfer all his property to someone else. Emma Three actually named him in, in court uh, later as a man named Otto Bergstrom. But um, Otto promises, Otto Kaler promises Emma Three, I will transfer my property, I will divorce Emma Number One, and you, Emma Three, and I, Otto Kaler, will live happily ever after. Well, Emma Three claims that she did not want to leave Mrs. Kaler. Emma one, high and dry, and she refused Mr. Kaler's offer of marriage. But she didn't refuse all of Mr. Kaler's offers 
because Emma III then promptly became Otto Kaler's next mistress. Emma III tells it this way, quote, I just gave myself away because I loved him, close quote. Well, the affair continued for a time, and then things got much more interesting. And I went back and looked at some of the reporting of the time from the court records, and according to Emma III, here's what happened. One time, they took a trip to Europe, and Emma III, her trip was paid for by Mr. Kaler, of course, and, but she was forced to take a separate boat to Germany and a separate boat back from Germany and uh, so that she would not be seen by Emma number one. But she did, of course, see Mr. Kaler several times while they were in Germany together. In 1914, later, after that trip, Otto Kaler went to Europe again, but Emma three did not go. And Otto was there in July 1914, when World War I broke out. Well, apparently, Emma III was very worried about this, and she actually thought that she might go to Europe in search of her paramour, Mr. Kaler. But Otto soon returned to San Antonio and made contact with Emma III again, and Emma III said that he was acting very strangely. Well, one day, Otto comes to the house on Hunstock after he returns from Europe, and he grabs Emma III and shakes her, demanding to know whether Emma III loves him. Apparently, the very emotional Mr. Kaler then collapsed in front of an equally emotional Emma III. Emma III said she next met him at either the St. Anthony Hotel or what she referred to as Mr. Newton's office. And I'm not clear who Mr. Newton was, but I'm guessing it was S.G. Newton, who was the former mayor of San Antonio. It might have been his son. We're not sure. Uh, But their affair did not continue, according to Emma III. Well, at this point, Emma II, though married, has not yet left San Antonio. And Emma III called Emma II and asked her friend and Otto's former mistress to come over to the house on Huntstock that Otto had purchased for them both. Otto asked, then asked Emma III to meet him at a house on Santa Rosa Avenue and to bring all her papers. Now remember, Otto had promised her that he was going to unwind his business transactions from Emma I, transfer his property, leave his wife and marry her, He had also set up Emma III in this house, was paying certain bills and expenses, and so he was definitely taking care of Emma III. So this day he asks Emma III to come to this mysterious place on Santa Rosa Avenue where he had never asked her to come before and to bring all of her papers with her. Well, Emma II, who knew Mr. Kaler very well, as we've heard, advised Emma III not to go. She said, that sounds fishy, don't go. But Emma II and Emma III decided that they would sneak over to this place and check it out to find out where it was that Otto Kaler wanted them to meet. Well, when they did, when they went to the address, they discovered a saloon with a rooming house over it. Now, in the early 1900s in Texas, rooming house was a slang term. It was a slang term for a house of ill repute, 
sometimes referred to in accounts of the time as a house of assignation. Uh, You might also call it a brothel. And that's about as um, vulgar as we're going to be on Wise About Texas. So anyway, you get the idea. Now, why in the world, Emma 2 and Emma 3 must have thought, would Otto ask them to meet him in a house of ill repute? Well, oddly, after that visit by Emma 2 and Emma 3 to investigate this mysterious place, Emma 3 said that she went to a lawyer to get her will modified so that she could leave Emma 2 some money. Emma 2, apparently, was dispatched to the brewery to ask Otto to come to the house on Hunstock. So Otto goes to the house. It's November 1914. Emma 3 is in a back bedroom. Otto drives his horse and buggy up to the house, walks in the house, goes into the back bedroom where Emma 3 is, reportedly removed his coat and tried to kiss Emma 3. Emma 3 wouldn't let him. Emma 3 asks Otto, why are you trying to kill me? To which he replied, you're just crazy. Emma 3 then asked why he wanted her, her to go to that, quote, bad house. Otto said, oh, you've been there already? Obviously surprised. Now at this point, Emma 3 says that she told Otto God would punish him. Otto grabs her and starts choking her. At this point, a neighbor witness testified that she saw Emma 2 run out the front door of the house and scream for help. Back to the bedroom, Emma 3 broke loose from the chokehold and apparently grabbed a gun because she says Otto turned to her with a gun in his hand and she shot Otto twice as he came at her. Otto fell to the floor. Emma 3 says she then put the gun to her own head and fired, but apparently she missed her own head, or she made it up. She says she then grabbed a knife and cut her wrist in despair as Otto lay bleeding on the floor. Well, Otto Kaler died on that floor where he fell at 532 Hunstock Avenue. Emma 3 first told the detective she was protecting Emma 2. Then she testified that she shot in self-defense because Otto was mad and he was running at her like a wild bull. Emma, too, of course, had run out of the house and didn't see any of this. But that's not even the whole story. You see, it turns out Otto Kaler had given Emma three two $20,000 notes, notes payable to Emma three. She testified at her trial that she had proof that Otto was going to leave her, but she didn't want to discuss that on the stand, and the DA didn't really ask her about it. But don't you think maybe Mr. Kaler had moved on just like he did when Emma 2 got married? We don't know, but there's still more. It turns out that Emma 3, before she began her affair with Otto Kaler, had hired a detective to follow him. Why would she do that? Well, Emma 3 said it was because he was acting and talking as if he was going to commit suicide and make it look like an accident. Now, this is after Emma 2 had ended their affair to get married. Do you think Otto Kaler went crazy with Emma 3, like he did, allegedly, with Emma 2? Emma 3 claims that he couldn't afford to give away his affair with Emma 2 to make it public. What was going on? Was he caught? 
Was he really trying to kill Emma Three? Had Emma Three maybe threatened to expose him? Was she trying to extort him? Very strange indeed. Oh, wait, there's more. You see, the pistol that Emma Three used to kill Kaler was actually in a drawer in the living room, according to testimony, not the bedroom. The pistol Emma Three says Kaler pulled on her was in the bedroom, not the living room. Hmm. Something is not adding up in Emma Three's story. We remember that lawyer Emma Three says she went to see a lawyer after she and Emma Two investigated the bad house. Well, she testified, the lawyer testified, and basically confirmed Emma Three's version of what happened in that house that day. The judge wouldn't let the grand jurors testify, however, even though the DA said he could impeach Emma Three's story. Well, the jury at her murder trial, apparently believed Emma Three. They found her not guilty. But that's not all. The jury read a statement to the judge criticizing one of the witnesses. The newspapers of the time didn't report who it was. But the jurors said the witness had behaved in a reprehensible manner and clearly was not telling all that the witness knew. And that not guilty verdict ended one of the most famous murder cases in Texas history, but several questions remain. What was really going on between Emma Three and Otto? Why did he give her $40,000 in notes payable to her? Did she or didn't she try to collect that money before Otto's death? Accounts differ. Why did he insist that Emma Three meet him in a seedy brothel and bring all her legal papers that would have implicated Otto and Emma Three. And what did Emma Two know about all of this? She ran out of the house precisely at the time the killing occurred. Why? I suppose we'll never know. But you know what? There are some very inter- other interesting facts around this event. Let me jump back a little bit. The story that I told you, Emma Three's story, is from the testimony at trial. Let me go a little bit back before the trial and tell you a couple of things. First of all, the, new, the newspapers, right after Otto was killed, of course, this was front-page news. The reporters in San Antonio quoted the DA as saying, somebody will be prosecuted for this killing. Emma 2 and Emma 3 were both arrested. But Emma 2 wasn't prosecuted. Emma 3 was indicted for murder. Emma Two's lawyer was the current state senator from San Antonio, a gentleman named Carlos B. Emma Three paid a 7500 cash bond to get out of jail, but when her first trial day came, her lawyer was there, but Emma Three wasn't. Where was she? She had fled to Germany. You see, the killing occurred in 1914. The trial wasn't until 1918. Emma Three had been in Germany. Her lawyer read a note where Emma Three claimed to be nursing the soldiers during World War I. I suppose she thought that was a patriotic story. Her lawyer was the former governor of Texas, Thomas Campbell. The court ordered her bond forfeited. She eventually snuck back in to the country in New York, but didn't tell anyone she was there. A fit of conscience led her to return to San Antonio and face the charges. Is that strange enough? Let me tell you something else. After the trial, Emma Three 
met someone and fell in love. Well, actually, the man met her first when he knew her as the defendant, Miss Burgemeister. The man was J.W. Turley. He was a rancher from the town of Leon Springs, just north of San Antonio, and he was a juror at Hatta's trial. It's reported that each one of the jurors filed past Hedda, Emma III, and shook her hand as they left the courtroom after finding her not guilty. Well, Mr. Turley must have held on to that hand a little longer. They were married in New Orleans. The Turleys made their home at that little house at 532 Hunstock Avenue, the same house where the new Mrs. Turley had killed Otto Kaler. Mr. Turley died in the 40s, and a rather obscure report has Hedda Burgemeister Turley as committing suicide, but I haven't been able to confirm that. And we are not done yet. You remember all this started because Emma Number 1, Mrs. Emma Kaler, was supposedly an invalid after her car wreck. But shortly after Otto's death, she found the strength to rise from her bed and inherit her husband's position as head of the San Antonio Brewing Association and CEO of that brewery. So while Emma III was on trial for murder, and Emma II was a witness in the case, Emma I was building what was, by the time of the trial, the largest and most successful brewery in Texas. Pearl was producing 110,000 barrels of beer per year. Disaster struck in the form of the Volstead Act. That was the Prohibition. When Prohibition hit, Emma One, a great strategic thinker, began producing soft drinks and near beer in the Pearl plant. She also made ice cream. She ran a sign company, and she had a commercial ice operation. I don't know what it was about San Antonio, Texas, but it was the center of commercial ice production, probably in the entire South. If you'll recall again, that Jacob Broadbeck episode, episode 25, we talked about Broadbeck working on the invention of a commercial ice machine and a couple of other inventors in San Antonio. So it was a, it was a big deal. And Miss Kaler managed to survive Prohibition. On September 15th, 1933, Prohibition officially ended in Texas. Emma Kaler was there. She gave the signal and 100 trucks and 25 boxcars full of real pearl beer rolled out of the brewery. She's reported to have said, quote, I wish my hubby could see this, close quote. Well, Miss Kaler eventually retired in 1940 and turned over control of the brewery to her and Otto's nephew, Otto A. Kaler. So while the outcome was eventually successful for Emma Number 1, that ended a tale of intrigue, love, and murder that was one of the most famous cases in Texas history. We now come to the part of the episode called Getting There, where I tell you how to go see some of the places that I talked about in the episode. The house where Mr. Kaler died and Miss Burgemeister Turley lived with her juror husband is located at 532 Hunstock Avenue in San Antonio, and it's still there. Now, as I always say in these sorts of situations, you can drive by and look, but don't stop and knock. I'm sure folks that live there don't want to be bothered, uh, but that house is still there, and you could see it. The Kaler Mansion, that mansion that Otto and Emma Number 1 built, is now called the Kaler Cultural Center. It's located at 310 West Ashby Place in San Antonio. It's owned by the Alamo Colleges and is used as a a cultural center 
for those entities. Uh, it remains just one of the most beautiful houses in Texas, and I encourage you to go check that out. And the Pearl Brewery, now this is an interesting project. The Pearl Brewery has been converted to a hotel. It's called, appropriately enough, the Hotel Emma, and it's located at 136 East Grayson Street in San Antonio. You can visit the website and see some gorgeous pictures of this hotel at www.thehotelemma.com. And I have not stayed in the hotel yet, but I look forward to visiting. And uh, you'll find some of this story of the three Emmas on the website of the hotel. And I'm told that the bar in the hotel has a drink called the Three Emmas. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. I appreciate you listening today. I hope you'll go and like the show's page on facebook.com slash wiseabouttexas. You can follow the show on Twitter at wiseabouttexas and the same on Instagram at wiseabouttexas. Share the show with your friends, and if you get a minute, leave a review on iTunes. That helps people find us. If you'd like to support the show, there's a way to pledge a little money toward the preservation and promotion of Texas history at patreon.com slash wiseabouttexas. That's patreon.com slash wiseabouttexas. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.